Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Monday, January 7th. We are just at the beginning of a week, and I know this is going to sound weird to say, but it feels like the first real Monday since before Christmas because I could never figure out what day it was because Christmas was on Tuesday and then New Year's Day was on Tuesday and they were celebrating on weekends and the weekends just kept going and today just feels like a normal Monday. So welcome to today's show. What a way to start the year. What is behind the power of prayer? And I had to do this show because so many people tell me they pray and pray and pray and they don't know why. I'm like, how could you not know why? And they just felt like what they pray for, what they ask for, isn't showing up. And I realized as I'd asked them, well, what did you ask for? Well, what's going on in your life? I realized, one, there wasn't an understanding of what prayer was. But two, there wasn't recognition of God's way of showing us or giving us what we needed in our lives. And it reminded me of a song by the Rolling Stones, which is actually one of my all-time favorite songs in my life, is you, you can't always get what you want, but you will get what you need. Because sometimes we don't know why we want what we want. And at the end of the day, which is why when something happens that we think is awful, 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 we say, wow, I can't imagine life. Otherwise, we start to see the magic because we want all day long. And at the end of the day, we actually do get what we need all day long. If you don't make it somewhere or you make it somewhere you didn't plan on going or you start out your day with one plan and, you know, things start happening. I call them emergent curriculums. They just show up in the middle of your day. There's a reason for that. And this weekend I met with, I don't want to say now, maybe about seven or eight people between the ages of 18 and 29. And, you know, they have so many ways of thinking of what and how to get what they want in their lives and their promise. And at one point, everyone started talking about their upbringing. And two of the girls, their dad hit them growing up. In this day and age, that's a different story than our time because in our time, things were fully acceptable, but that is not acceptable anymore. And another one has a sister who's mentally ill who tried to kill her, applying the younger ones at colleges. Some have finished. Some are building their resumes through internships, and some are already working. One of them had cancer, 
um, and is now in remission. And all along in their lives, I have been in and out of their lives, you know, going to see them, talking to them one-on-one. And when we were sitting there, I finally said that you know that everything you each individually went through, whether it was cancer or your sister attacking you or your dad hitting you or you feeling like you don't know what you want to do in life or you do know what you want to do in life and you're already doing it, whatever place you are in between the two sides of that pendulum, things that has happened to you to this day was to support what you came here to do. There's a lot of things that come out of what sounds like victim stories. But what if we turn those stories around into strength? And a lot of it had to do with how we prayed to God. And they didn't think of it as prayer the way we think of it because a lot of kids in that age group's parents didn't take them to church regularly. A lot of people have. Two of the girls did, but they had a bigger fear of if they didn't do things right. And to God, it isn't right or wrong, because sometimes something that looks really wrong today, we may find out later on, was really right really needed to be that way for you to have thought a thought you may have needed what you have in your heart, that desire, that that drive inside of your soul. That was the only way to get to it. So when we pray and we say, God, why does this keep happening to me? Or we say, God, I just need to pay my bills. Or God, I just want my kids to be okay. There's prayers that need to be found underneath those. Those are like final conclusion prayers. Those are just like, please fix this because I'm at the end of my rope. I'm tired of whatever. But for money, ask for a way to have a skill that you can make money. Ask for experience that may help you do that because we need to make money for the rest of our lives. At the end of the day, and and God, by the way, God does not answer prayers the way you think he does. It doesn't just show up and then you know. Huge element of faith. Faith, because At times, it takes you time to see how insightful your your prayers are answered, your answers are. It's a very delicate, beautiful relationship that we have when we talk to God. Because God has no judgment at all, at all. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have done. If you can see what you've done, and then you can 
realize the impact you had on other people. And you can take it even a step further where you make amends. You've learned. There is always celebration for learning. If you have achieved, or we look at people, we think, God, I wish I was them. They have it so easy because all we see is their shiny part of life. But we don't know what happens when the cameras aren't on. Yet we idolize people who we don't know. And then we feel worse about ourselves. Well, they have it so easy. They have a limo driver and they have a this. And, they, you know, we start picking on people we think are okay because we are not. But once you start, I want to say the great equalizer of our lives, once you start talking to God, your heart does something different. Your soul does something different. It starts to feel like it's counted. Just because God doesn't stand in front of you and talk to you, because he can't. You feel it. You know you are not alone. I can only tell you to try it because I don't know how else to describe it. You really feel like you've just had a conversation. And there's the power behind that. When you are in a situation where you do feel alone, that little voice sneaks up and says, oh, no, you're not. You're not alone. You can go and talk to God about this later on. You can discuss it. Because as you build this relationship, you find out that there's room for you. Just like we don't feel like, oh, this person's too busy and that's too, and I'm too busy and this can't happen and that can. And it all goes away all the restrictions, all the weird stuff that we do to ourselves, we start hearing it through our prayers. And as we ask for one thing, we start saying, but wait a minute, for me to get more money, well, what what do people do for more money? Oh, well, they have to do something that people will pay them for. Okay, well, what would we and I do? Oh, wait a minute. People can't pay me for that because I'm doing this for you, God. That was my issue. And all I kept hearing was, be patient, be patient. I'll send you angels. They will help you. You have to learn to act. You have to learn to do this. You have to learn to do that. My worst feature of all, I was asked to face. But then after that, I said, okay, well, let me find another way because I have to survive like anybody else. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and and the conversation was a real conversation, even though I may not like or may not have liked. But the way my prayer was answered came out of left field, literally. And I didn't even realize till eight or nine or ten months later that that's how my prayer was answered. How could I have not seen that coming? Because our brain just isn't that big yet, but it grows. 
instead of wishing my daughter becomes a doctor and my son becomes whatever and we start all I asked for. And it took me a while to get to knowing what to ask for. All I asked for was when my children go to bed at night. I just want them to be happy. Because whatever they'll do, they'll be fine at if they're happy. So what do you do to have a happy kid? Now you start asking yourself because we are part of our answers. It isn't like you're bad if you don't get what you want and you're good if you do because what is what you want? And relatively speaking, what is that to anybody else? It only means something to you. So then I had to say, well, what does it take to make my kids happy? Oh, well, it starts with me. Let me be good to them. Let me teach them respect by being respectful to them. Let me teach them cleanliness by teaching them to clean. It doesn't just happen. We are not magic. The magic is in our awareness. The activations happen when we are involved because we need to create an energy exchange with everything we do. If there is no energy exchange in your prayers, like, hey, God, you know, I'm doing my part here. Where are you? And God's like, well, okay, just hang on. Thank you for coming. Thank you for talking to me. So many times when I'm writing, Christ thanks me for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank me for coming. Isn't that weird? But God knows that if we get to the point of going to him, we have cleared a road to grow on. The power behind any prayer you have ever prayed was hope, and hope is a driver. Hope is like filling a car with high-octane fuel. Faith, all the things that we cannot buy start looking bigger than anything else you could have in your life. And you start to see things come and go. And the one constant in there is how you feel about it. Do you feel good about what's in your life or don't you? Do you feel happy about what's in your life or don't you? Do you respect what you have or don't you? See, many people get what they want and not even acknowledge it. And then complain about it because now they set their sights on something else and they are not in the moment. And what they got that they did want because they didn't stop to acknowledge it, their brain didn't realize that they are doing well. So they're still not happy chasing something else. But if we stop and recognize like, wow, this really worked. Wow, I'm really happy that I have this. I feel prayers were answered because now I know how to word myself better. Now I know how to ask for what I need better. Because there's always that underlining question. That's why people who pray for money just don't show up the next day. But if you know what you need it for, if you know what you're praying for, 
If you want your kids to be happy or healthy, you have to do the things that would at least get you there. The power of prayer is to teach you just how to communicate with God. And the more you pray, the more you start to see that. Because when you talk to God, and God knows everything already, you just tell the truth. Telling the truth is an entity all within itself. It's an entity all within itself. Your soul, whoever is listening this morning and whoever's not and not aware of this conversation, every single person's soul ready connected to God. There isn't anyone that isn't. Even if someone is the most hardcore atheist, even if someone is the worst person we can imagine on the face of our earth, every single soul is connected, an open connection to God. Now, we have free will and we can turn that off. Or We came here to be a catalyst and we don't know it's off and we think we're right on everything and we're operating on pure ego because we always have the extremes, the pure ego and the way, way out there. But there's this land in the center of it, of different degrees of faith, how much we use faith, how much we talk to God, how much we involve God in our life or not, the different religions we choose to follow so that we can stay connected which is the whole point of religion. It creates these little infrastructures that if you do this and this and this, you will feel closer to God. Some religions tell you you have to go through them to get to God, but that's what they mean. doesn't mean that without them you won't see God or feel God. But there's certain things that we do that we exchange energy with that are a higher vibration, like helping each other, eating better, taking care of ourselves better, taking care of others through our churches because there are communities within themselves. It's not like when I say, <laughs> and this happened, you know, well, ever since I saw Christ, I don't know if I'm, I can be just Muslim or just Christian or just, I, I kind of, that way of life that I used to live to get to God every day, and I'm exchanging energy with talking about this every day, that happened to me without having to follow a ritualistic way to feel like I need to get to God that way. Writing to God, talking to God on my walks, recording my talks, listening to them, which was brutal in the beginning. I'm like, oh, my God, that's me? That's what I have to say? That's what I'm describing? And then I said, wow, if that's how I sound to myself, imagine what we all sound like. That was a ritual. It is a ritual that I do It keeps me connected, keeps that line open. And it is available to everybody. 
when Christ said to me, you are not special. This is just your job. He wasn't kidding. I am not special. Whatever I know and share with you, you can do. It's not like I have this in, but because I saw him, he is like almost, if you want to put it in today's terms, mentoring me to remind people of how capable, how beautiful, how insightful you are. And if you so choose in your life to grow that part of you, you can. Try it today if you haven't before. I know some people talk to God a lot. Some people pray a lot. Some people are very, very close. And others feel farther away at times and closer at other times. And that's okay. But absolutely no judgment from God to you. We judge ourselves. We tell each other, well, if you do this, you're bad. And if you do this, you're great. And, you know, we want to have people on pedestals so that we have something to shoot for or people, you know, that are really bad so we can feel a little better about ourselves. But put all that aside. Ego, (laughs) trying to make you feel like you're better than or less than, and there we go. That's a whole different road of insecurities and saying you have faith and it not having been tested because faith grows when it is tested being grateful for experiences that we may not like will give you its lesson because the minute you say hey you know what that was something I did not like going through there's a lot of things I didn't like about it end of the day It did empower me. It did make it stronger. It did take me a long time to figure this out. Why did it take me a long time to figure this out? You just have to ask. Once we start asking questions instead of wanting answers, we end up partnering with God in answering the prayers that we actually needed, not the ones we thought we wanted. The purpose of prayer is just to keep that connection open because it opens. It's like, yay, you showed up. Hey, come on in. The door's wide open. You come in, you start talking, and you go, oh, God, I can breathe again. Wow, that felt good. That's all I had to do? Yeah. Not hard. Just a matter of awareness about what God wants. It's a it's an interesting thing to me because after I saw Christ, I went to a bunch of churches. And I wanted to hear what people hear because being Muslim, I never thought to go walking into any churches. And I would go if somebody died or got married or something, but not really go just for services. So I was going for services and sitting in the back hoping to be invisible. I just wanted to be a fly on the wall. In some places I left and I felt like they were doing everything they can 
to let you know you can have your own relationship with God. Those particular churches where I heard that kind of talk, I could have seen myself have I had the time in my lifetime to join all of them or some of them or one of them to go there and be part of that community because I knew they would allow that connection to grow within me as opposed to tell me how to have that connection when we already all have it. And there were some that, you know, made you feel really, really guilty if you did not do what they asked you to do. And then there's some that asked you to do things because they knew that it would empower your relationship with God. Everybody takes what they need. I don't go walking around saying, wow, some churches are really bad. Because I think (laughs) some people need that kind of way to at least begin their journey and get there. There's some churches I walked into that I felt like I had to sign my life off. Like they literally sent around a form for you to fill out so they can accept you as a member. And they told you, as soon as you're a member of this church, you're going to have a whole family. You're going to have brothers and sisters and people who support you. Now, to me, that sounded like I was going to sound, you know, lease my life over. But what if I went in there and didn't have family? And someone said that to me. I would be really interested. I would be very interested in somebody telling me I'm going to have brothers and sisters and if I joined this community. And then I would say, wow, God, I have a family now. So everybody has a different reason for being where they are. There's so many thoughts I would have in my head, like old thoughts that I used to have prior to seeing Christ, like, oh, look at what those people are doing. And now I say, oh, look at what those people are doing. This is their avenue as opposed to, I would never do that. Those people are crazy. Why would they? But they have their own set of circumstances. said to me early on when I asked him, well, seeing you, what does that make me? I'm Muslim. And he said to me, it's irrelevant. Whatever takes you to God, whatever it is, do it. So now when I look at a soul who wants to open up that connection, they know something's there, but they just don't know what it looks like because it does need faith. It does need awareness. People who live in villages where there's no reading, no writing, no television, no anything. That's why the elders are so wise is they learn these same things over time. That's why the young are wild and the Older are calm and wise. They have opened that connection and exchange energy with God. And when you're exchanging energy with God, everything else looks like, hey, I can do that or I can do that. Just talk to your little connection. Say, hey, you know what? I know I'm already connected. How do I live here? Oh, all I have to do is talk to you, God. Okay, cool. These are the things I think I want, but things I want. But if there's anything underneath that, 
can you just kind of give me an experience for me to have that question? Because then I can learn it. Ah, ready to learn? Okay, there you go. And there you go. And when Christ says you can go back to the fork in the road and repave it with love, that's what you have just done. You don't have to go back and rewrite your history. But you just repaved the road you're walking on with love. Power of prayer is keeping your connection open with God, exchanging energy with God. And my time is up. I feel like we've only been talking for five minutes. That happens a lot, Lee. Have a great Monday. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.